0: Hello and welcome to Falk in the Road podcast. I want to introduce today's guest, Dawn Petty. She is an oil painter, a watercolour painter, an art therapist, an NFT creator, a digital artist. You know, like many artists, she's an artist across lots of ranges of um, formats, I suppose you'd call them. And it was really interesting to talk with her today about all kinds of things, even piranhas. Now we did have a little bit of uh, issue with some internet connection throughout the chat where um, a voice would drop out a bit, so there might be a few little weird edits along the way, but please bear with us because it is a brilliant conversation and I really enjoyed chatting with Dawn, so without further ado, um, check it out. It's not a midlife crisis. It's a midlife career pivot experiment called Fork in the Road. And I'm the human guinea pig, Andy Marshall, who's got the gall to attempt to have a successful career doing work I love, creative work, and throw that notion of a starving artist out the window. Then take the elevator down to the ground floor and jump on it some more. And I'm going to keep doing this every day on the podcast. So let's go.
1: Hi, my name is Dawn. I am a portrait painter. I'm also an art therapist. I work with Um, kids and adults with anxiety with down syndrome with autism Um, I help elderly I work with little ones so I'm just all over the spectrum but in my free time which is very rare these days I do love painting portraits
0: whose portraits are you primarily painting
1: anybody that I find interesting, I have um, some friends who are fairly famous musicians. And so I've started, um, uh, I started doing some portraits in Dallas, where I live, of um, local musicians, because they hardly get near the attention that um, famous musicians get. But I thought it would a gallery exhibit but then I just run out of time or I get distracted because I'll think of something else I want to paint and then I start painting that instead. So my little um, musician thing is kind of put off but I have a bunch of musicians in my in my studio here um, staring at me right now and um, I have some portraits that I've painted for some doctors and um, just various people uh, yeah, one cool. of my paintings is now hanging in, um, okay, so the director of one of the best indie films of the night, 2019, 2020, his film won all the best independent musical, I mean, um, film awards in the United States, and he just sent me a picture today, he has one of my paintings hanging in his apartment in New York, and I thought that was really wow. exciting.
0: <laughs> that's very exciting, that's so cool. It's nice when you can see your art in someone else's environment. That's kind of, Mm -hmm. I kind of get a kick out of that kind of thing.
1: Several years ago, I had a friend whose son had been through St. Jude's for brain tumor. And he asked me to do a painting that they could put in their auction at St. Jude's. And then later told me a month or so later I had already forgotten about the painting actually he sent me a note that said Paul Simon and Edie Burkell his wife have this painting now they got it at the auction so I thought that was pretty cool too <laughs>
0: wow that is cool yeah be cool if I could send a photo <laughs> yeah so, so how do you in terms of um your portraits what are they uh, oil paintings mainly
1: yes mainly I love Oils and watercolors are my two favorite mediums.
0: And how do you approach, like do, do you approach them or do they approach you?
1: Um, usually I'll see someone's photo and I'll, it'll, I'll know right away in my head how I want to paint it. Sometimes I paint in black and white um, and I love black and white. It's one of my favorite ways to paint because you only have two colors to get all these different values to make a portrait. And a portrait is, to me, is like a flower. They both have so many tiny little nuances that make them come alive. Otherwise, it looks flat. So those two things are my favorite things to paint because they challenge me.
0: I love black and white personally too. I, I um I came th- I went through film school and <laughs> um and and out of and out of that, even before that, I had a massive love of black and white films. I'm like. I'm like the weird kid who likes black, black and white films and I still love them today. Like even like brand new uh, film re- indie film releases and stuff that are in black and white. I'm just like the first one in line to kind of see those. I, I haven't there's, seen a film in a long time with kids, but yeah.
1: There's just something so classy about black and white.
0: And so the whole art therapy thing as well, that sounds, that sounds amazing. How did you, How did you come about, um, you know, getting into that art therapy space?
1: Um, I owned a teaching studio in the Dallas area for almost 20 years. And I decided I wanted to close it down. Um, I wanted a break. I wanted to do something different. I'd been doing that for a very long time. So um, I had studied art and then I had studied psychology as a minor and while I had my studio I had lots and lots and lots of students come in and out of there and elderly people come in and out of there um, that had autism or down syndrome so when I closed my studio I wasn't really sure what I was going to do but people just started sending me text messages or calling me hey will you come to my house and teach my child or or teach me or whatever and my right now my oldest student or client whatever you want to say She's 95 years old she's legally blind she literally has to hold the canvas six inches or less from her face so that she can see where i've outlined something and said this is where you want to put blue and then she just loves the way that paint feels on the canvas and so um we sit there and talk and i'll show her where to paint something and she just loves it and and we tell jokes and so it's there's a lot of therapy but it's not like traditional therapy with what i'm doing
0: yeah I'm, I'm i'm wondering what the what the key kind of ingredient is with art i mean i know myself um it kind of it kind of gets me out of my own head for a little yes. while and and just gets me yes. in. i think it's uh kind of being in the now like being present and yes. and being with the flow i think that's that's what i think <laughs> yes, like you're so yeah.
1: right that's how i try to explain it to people that it's like meditation, but because you, you get out of your head, you're not thinking about all the horrible things that are going on in your life and or the horrible things going on in the world or whatever. You're really out of your head and you're focused on something beautiful and creating something from your soul. And that's the highest form of meditation that I can think of.
0: Yeah, I know um, uh, personally, I mean, I suffer from anxiety which has kind of gone over into depression um and and I know the sense but just the good feeling I have inside when when I finish something and um (laughs) and yeah I can really tell when there's been a few days I haven't done anything like I'm miserable
1: (laughs) yes yes And, and, and 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 you look back at it and you're like, wow! I did that. That's so cool. <laughs> That's like the best feeling, isn't it?
0: Yeah. So I'm personally doing like I started off my kids' books, and I I found a YouTube channel, or they found me. We found each other. Uh, called Elijah and Crumpet, um, and um, their YouTube channel is um, uh, a, a puppet monkey and a young boy who's older boy now with that um, has Down syndrome and um, and we started to make kids books together and oh, um, I love that. and yeah so we're we've finished the second one and and the third one's in the kind of the pipeline but Elijah himself he's been doing quite a bit of art too and they've put that up on voice which is which is sold as well so um, awesome. it's it's a great outlet people and to also make some money as well from your creativity. Um, I I think that kind of is a bit of a segue into, into NFT land, but you know, like when, you know, it might be difficult to, well, it's not necessarily difficult because we went through, we did a whole series of NFTs um, highlighting what people with Down syndrome are capable of doing as a career and, and looking at real people, out in the world and what they've done. And really there's no there's no limit. There's an no. amazing amount of careers, but, you know, a good one is to be an artist and you can, you know, potentially make money from your home <laughs> creating uh-huh. art with uh-huh. NFTs now. So what, uh-huh. what, what, what are your personal views? Because we, we met um, in the NFT space. So, yeah, how did you find NFTs and what are your views on that whole landscape?
1: I actually have um, a friend who's also a therapist, but he really wants to get into Web3 to help people with therapy. And he was um, er, initially talking to me about starting our own um, NFTs. I didn't even know what they were. And so I started drawing like a scene and came up with these designs. And then he kind of bailed on the whole thing. So um, I started investigating. Um I knew OpenSea was like the most popular but it's so crowded there and all these big um projects and I just figured you know people would get lost there so I kept an I and at that time you had to pay ethereum just to post something and I thought that's ridiculous. <laughs> so as an artist, you know, you don't want to spend money um unnecessarily. So um, I kept looking and looking and then I found Voice HQ and, and I thought, you know, there's so many people that they can't afford Ethereum. Ethereum is crazy high or Bitcoin or whatever happens to be out there. So it's easier just to use your credit card. And if that there's a place like that, I thought that would be easier for people. And um, that's when I found Voice HQ and then I met you and I met a couple of other people.
0: I find it really... Um... An exciting. I mean, there's many forms that NFTs can take, and I think the big projects where people, you know, they've got developers and they've got this and they've got that, and it's a whole team of people go into making ten thousand images that have all these extra bonuses, and right. it gets it gets all very overwhelming and confusing when, um, boiled boil down to its very um, least, or or maybe not least. Is that if you're an, someone who creates art, you can produce a piece of art in a digital format and and mint it and sell it just like that. You don't. Um, I suppose I want to encourage artists to not get overwhelmed by all of the um, all of the things that you can do <laughs> if you're a massive team of people and just basically post your art. I mean, initially I thought of. Um, doing it as a way of documenting your journey because if if say you know like the creator of where's wally or something posted some you know and initial sketches of his um drawings and and things like that as nfts you know you imagine what they'd be worth now um, right. i think it's a way an extra way where an artist can maybe invest in their future um because also that has that fat, fact where any sales that happen after, um, you know, in the future, any sale in the future, you, the artist will retain ten percent of that. So, um, mm-hmm. so, so that's what really excited me about the space and the fact that some of my work was selling, and and you've been selling pieces over there too. So,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like tons of money. It's not like I'm going to make a million dollars this year on my art on voice hq because i don't price it that high i want people to afford it and if they like something that makes me happy it does i'm not in it to make a gazillion dollars that would be nice i'm not going to say that it's not but i'm i'm really happy that people like it enough to to put out five ten twenty five fifty dollars whatever they can afford to buy a piece of art
0: and I, i think at the moment as well um The voice platform, because it's relatively closed off, they're opening it up to other platforms so you can take art across to other platforms, but it's still fairly in the closed off stage and um, I don't think there's a a, a large amount of collectors. At this point, I I mainly see a lot of artists collecting other people's artists' art. And and there's money there, but there's not like um, the big kind of I don't know Wall Street brokers or whatever. just want to just want to like splash out on some really expensive NFTs I don't think they probably exist there yet but um but yeah so I think it will will grow that platform um, well
1: there's people like John Cusack the the actor who's using Voice HQ
0: yeah I, f- I find that um really interesting that he's putting stuff up there
1: I know and, um, I do too <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and it's like you know' there's like film stills and sketches and things like that um, uh-huh. yeah it's 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 really cool I kind of um, it's kind of
1: fun isn't it <laughs> yeah
0: yeah and, it's and especially... I like seeing,
1: I also like seeing what people create from their heart and from their soul um these big you know board apes um lazy lions whatever they're they're cute cartoons whatever and there's a place for everything but I really like seeing what is coming out of people's souls or coming out of their heads. That's more interesting to me, you know, I'm kind of biased because I'm an artist.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I I think it's great because um, I see a lot of people who uh, might, might just kind of come from very loosely dabbling in art to posting something up there and, uh, and it sells and they get, you know, a rush as you do, yeah, and 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 all of a sudden, like someone who didn't consider themselves an artist, all of a sudden, making some art and selling it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's such and, a good feeling. Oh
0: my gosh, yeah. such
1: a good feeling to sell some, to have someone like something that you've created from your soul or from your head and you put yourself out there I mean it takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there especially if you've never done too much of it before and then when it sells it's such a like you said it's such a rush
0: turning to kind of like the, the, the business side of things and the thriving artist side of things that we kind of focus on the podcast what are your what would be your revenue streams that you kind of have from your art because you do your teaching as well.
1: Yeah, um, my clients probably are my. Bi- I was working seven days a week, and now I've cut it down to six. Finally, after about well, when I closed my studio in two thousand seventeen, so I've been doing this for about five years, and um, I and I've been working seven days a week because there's such a demand for someone to help someone else. You know, there's so many people out there struggling with anxiety, especially teenagers. And, um, and there's so many in the city cause I live in Dallas, so it's a big city and there's a lot of people with, um, Down syndrome, autism. Um, there's a lot of elderly people that are living on their own, um, that just want to have someone come like a friend. And so, um, there's a lot of demand for what I do, but I'm finally taking oh. Sundays off. So, but that's my biggest revenue, yeah.
0: So, are you, are you pretty much a full time working on your art, As like, um, making money from art, or?
1: Um, I will have a portrait probably every couple of months. So, I do make money off my art, but it's not mm. like I could pay my bills
0: with it yet. Well, that's really cool. That sounds like I mean I'm sure that's a a way a lot of people can, because um, I've never thought about personally um, doing kind of art therapy as a, as a, as a thing. Um, and um, yeah, I'd potentially love to do something like that too. It sounds like a really cool thing to do. Um,
1: not, in the state of not, Texas, you can't that a even get it. Ar- a... I'm sorry. Say? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I interrupted you. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, I was just going to say not that I'm like a, a fully trained artist or um or anything but 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 yeah
1: well in the state of texas you can't get an art therapy degree they will let you get a music therapy degree because if the legislators here feel like music is more important i don't know i don't understand that but so right. i had to go about it um in a roundabout way by getting my art degree first and then i minored in psychology
0: yeah that's cool and and i saw that thing that you posted through how what about your college days? Do you wanna tell me about the, the
1: chairs <laughs> <laughs> The story it's about I too, like so many other artists in the world. I used to wait tables at um and I bartended some at this little cafe in a part of Dallas called Deep Ellum. And back then it was like it was so popular that movie stars from California would come just to have um, dinner or lunch, and and it's a part of Dallas where there's a lot of live mi- music, so a lot of um, big name bands would come through there because they were going to play, you know, in a couple of hours down the street, and they would stop in there and have dinner. So I there there was always big parties, and they had extra wooden chairs that they just kept in the bathroom, and if there was a big party, they had- the tables together they would pull these chairs out of the bathroom but in the meantime they're just sitting in there looking like old wooden chairs so one day i asked if i could paint them and they said sure <laughs> and then people would go into the bathroom there and they would ask the management can i buy that chair <laughs> so, yeah, <right. laughs> so then, then d magazine is a big deal magazine in dallas and they they found out and then they wrote that article about me
0: that's very cool and I imagine yeah, people bathroom were, chairs. yeah, yeah. And I, I imagine like I can I can just picture people like, you know, just going to get a chair and like half an hour later they're still trying they're still looking through all the chairs trying to work out which one they're <laughs> on. <laughs> and people not being able to get into the bathroom because all these chairs have been pulled out. But yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> fun. <very> cool. <laughs> and so how did you coming out of college, what what did you go to? first as an artist?
1: Um, well, I went to college a couple of times. My first degree was actually in botany because I wanted to learn how to make medicine. But my ex-husband was also an artist. And and of course, I'd been painting since I was a little girl, but I didn't know you could grow up to be an artist. So through him, um, I decided to go back to school and um, study art. And then after. And, and with psychology minor. And after um, that, I worked at another art studio teaching children. And then I started my own after about eight years. And that's what I did. And what was that? Did you
0: remember when you had that realization that you could actually make money
1: from art? Um, I don't think I had the realization. I just kind of let the universe take me um just kind of guide me i don't really make i'm not that kind of a thinker where i plan ahead that much or that well i just kind of go with the flow and that's how the flow took me
0: yeah right cool and 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 now in terms of so you're you're doing all these things that you're you're doing i know you're on um Instagram and Twitter how do you how do you find is the best way to get out to people to find your audience being that that being that it's teaching and it's NFTs and it's all kinds of things how do you, how do Personally, you reach
1: people Dallas is a pretty big city and I have built myself a reputation through my studio that I taught out of I don't Really advertise too much. I think it's word of mouth. I have a lot of clients who are doctors and politicians and things like that. And they've learned about me through friends of theirs. Um, so it's just a lot of word of mouth for me. Are so you, are you good at advertising?
0: I don't, I don't really spend any money in terms of promotion. I, my promotion is I've kind of um, gone to the approach of, kind of documenting what I'm doing as much as I can on, um, on as many social media channels as I can manage right? um, and kind of hope that that draws some attention in Um, because in terms of advertising, I'm not quite sure uh, where to best spend, you know, your dollars and how to make it work properly. But, um, but in terms of like, I mean, what I would, Prefer to be doing if I um if if I had a bit more time for myself is that when I'm creating art to be doing it as a live stream across lots of social media channels so people can see that you know
1: oh uh, so they can watch the process
0: yeah and 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 I feel that like I've found um, when people watch for process and you strike up a conversation with people in the chat. And, and you kind of, they become part of the process as you're creating VR. And, That's um,
1: such a good idea.
0: Yeah. And and then, like, oh, because I can't go live too much because of having kids around, it makes it difficult. But um, so what I've been doing instead is putting some questions out on Twitter and Instagram, you know, saying, like, um, putting up a poll for what? animal I should draw next for my kids book in the uncommon animals of the alphabet kids book. And like, you know, and that way people can have a bit of input into what I draw or they have complete control over what I draw. And then an Instagram kind of asking them what color should I do it and blah, blah, blah. And that way, um, it's kind of involving them and they feel like they're a bit part of it. And and it also strikes up conversations as well in like, um, in dms and stuff like that about you know talking about certain animals and all kinds of things so yeah it's a good way to kind of break that barrier and talking to people and striking up conversations yeah
1: that's brilliant maybe i'll use something like that
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it seems to it seems to be doing quite well and through that i i need i need a segue into the piranha thing (laughs) (laughs) because um because yeah, we were looking for anim- animal studying of P, and piranha was one of the options. And <laughs> and and appa- apparently, you know a bit about piranhas.
1: Yeah. Um. Um. Many years ago, I was I got married very young, and I was going through college while I was married. And my husband's boss at the time had just taken a well, he had taken a trip to South America, and he was interested in piranhas, but you know, you, it's hard to smuggle them back into the United States when they're full grown. So he got them, he found a place or I don't know how he did it, but he got five little piranhas and their cousin is called the silver dollar fish. And they look almost identical when they're small. And the cousin of the piranha doesn't have the big teeth, I guess. I don't know. So they were not illegal to bring across into the United States. So somehow he got five piranhas into the United States. He was down to one piranha and he asked my husband and I if we wanted it, because we've always had lots of rescued animals. And so um, my husband said, yes, he built a tank for it, a giant tank for it. And we had him for about, I don't know, I want to say seven or eight years. But it, we, we were living in a smaller town. And when we moved to Dallas, we set the tank up at his cousin's house. And um, his cousin just was fast. He's kind of scientifically nerdy like I am sometimes. And, and he was fascinated with the piranha. And so when it died, he decided he was going to have it stuffed. <laughs> so he put it in the freezer and I think it's still there. He didn't want to get rid of that piranha, so he put it in the freezer.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I, I can't It's imagine, very weird. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine doing taxidermy on a on a on a on a fish would be very easy i think it's probably would be one of the hardest i would think so how do you find time at all in your current day and what does your kind of artistic space look look like where are you working
1: um many years ago i had my garage converted into an art studio and so my whole entire studio in here is easels and paint and supplies and I can close the door to keep the cats out because cats tend to like to knock things over so um my dogs will come in here with me they have their own bed and we'll sit out here for hours and hours and I listen to Alexa reading books to me because I have books on audible and I'll get lost in listening to the book and just be painting and losing myself in both the painting and the book so That's what I, how I paint.
0: Yeah. That sounds like an ideal setup. So, so you've got, um, I noticed um, you're saying in your, in your dream world, but artist supplies are free. It sounds like you've got a lot of artist supplies.
1: I do. (laughs) (laughs) I do because I, I'm, I love art. I love creating and I have a microwave out here in my studio and I do fused glass in the microwave. I have sculptures. I have three sculptures that I'm working on. I have about ten paintings that I'm working on. They're all at in different stages. So um, I'm always. It seems like I'm always, always, always creating. And then, um, so I'll I'll go to work all day, or you know, my schedule is kind of flexible. Um, I don't have to work like an eight to five kind of thing. So some days I have one lesson or two lessons and then some days I have six or seven so it just depends on the day but I always find time to come out here at least three or four times a week and just get lost yeah but I I do all kinds of different things because I'm not um I I always have ideas spinning in my head does that make sense yeah yeah
0: Do do you have to do anything to kind of get into that zone any kind of ritual that you kind of do to to get to that place
1: no no I used to I guess but um right now I'm kind of taking a break because I've been really digging on creating these living sculptures with my orchids and um tree branches so I've been still creating but it hasn't been painting so I'm about to come out here and start painting again I just um realize okay i have three hours here so i'll spend two hours painting on this day or something like that i'm kind of disciplined that way
0: yeah yeah no i find i'm kind of in a similar way where you know i I wish i could have set times where i work but it's a matter of okay i've got this random time in the middle of the day or the middle of the night and i just go um, it's my time to do it i gotta do it right, <laughs> and you right. ju- and, you, and you just got to get into that into that zone straight away that's why i was kind of asking you if you've got a, a way to kind of because i even even though i absolutely love art and creating stuff um sometimes like you know at 10 o'clock at night or whatever <laughs> i'm like it might be hard just to kind of flick that switch and get into the zone um but i know for me it's just like coffee and music is usually is usually gets me in the in the right frame of mind
1: but you have kids so it's a different for you all I have is my dogs <laughs> so I can come out yeah. here whenever I want and I kind of um put a limit on myself by 10 o'clock I have to be finished or eleven. But then it depends on how early I have to get up the next day so
0: yeah do, do you ever have like times where um you you know, they talk about people talk about it a lot about artist block. Do you have any issue with that? Or do you have times where you need to try and find
1: yeah, yourself course. again? Yeah, of course. I think all artists do, don't they? Have artist block. I've been um that's why I started I just finished this huge four foot by five foot portrait. It was um an Indian love story, and you can see it on my Instagram.
0: Oh I um, saw but that,
1: yeah. It's, it was for a doctor and his wife and, um, the story is beautiful, but I had already painted it before and then this doctor wanted it bigger. So I had to paint this huge piece and I loved it, but it took a lot out of me. I think it's really true. Every artist I've read, everything that you create, you put a little bit of your soul into it. And so Mm. after that painting, I kind of have taken a break, but I'm... I've dabbled here and there, but it's nothing serious right now.
0: Yeah. 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 I I find a few things that kind of keep, keep me, like I find the best way for me to stay motivated is always try and be learning something Mm -hmm. new that you can put into your work. The only problem with that (laughs) is if you're working with some, if you're working on a book, or something like that that needs to have a consistent style. Then that can become a bit of a problem. Where you're going? Oh, I want to learn this new skill, but I can't really use it in that. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so, so it's a bit of a balance there. Like my uh, book with all these different animals. My kind of my kind of skills are gradually improving. So <laughs> as I get as I get through it, I probably have to go through and edit my first ones again to kind of make them um, all consistent through the book. But yeah.
1: So have you all, like, always been an illustrator?
0: No, I, I've been a million things. Um, yeah, but so out of out of school, um, I I somehow found myself uh, building wooden boats. For, um, <gasps> That's so and, cool!
1: Like real ones that you can um go take to the lake, or the the yeah, ones yeah. in the bottle.
0: No, no, actual full size boats, and even by <laughs> like the age of. I probably would have been about 22 or something like that um, I was I was building boats like 30 foot boats or whatever by myself um, <laughs> and and so like that was kind of a big kind of um uh, what would you call it a, a boost to be able to think that yeah I can build a boat by myself <laughs> um, that's but, so but,
1: cool
0: yeah and but that's kind of where it's kind of it's a bit of a it's not a great environment to be in your whole life because of the dust and, the, and there is fiberglass and these kinds of things. And, and that's where I injured my back pretty severely. Mm. Um, and, and then I went to, um, that's when I did film school. When I went to film school, I came out of that, joined a whole group of my friends who are going to do a, a film production company, which kind of worked for a while. Um, but then you know, people clash in <laughs> that kind of a environment. You know, working with your friends, it's a, it can be fun at first, but yeah, it can be difficult too. And um, and then I've done, oh, I've done so many things. Right now, I'm working in a cafe, and we're we're about to um, be living in a bus on a big piece of land. Uh, oh, Seriously, big for, that's awesome! <laughs> bit big, big for us, um, and it's out in the out in the out. out it's kind of you, kind of almost class it as outback Australia. Um, and yeah, kind of living so the dream.
1: Are you converting it? Are you
0: converting the yeah.
1: bus into a... That is so cool!
0: Yeah, it's a it's like a um, third, well, it's eleven, well, almost twelve meter school bus. Um, and yeah, all the furniture's in it. We just need to, um, finish <laughs> all things, like, you know, things like toilet, <laughs> right. shower, those, those kind important. of things, but yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> How old so, are your kids?
0: Uh, well, our youngest is going to turn three tomorrow and our oldest is six. Oh. So,
1: Oh, yeah. that's so perfect for them. Awesome.
0: Yeah. They, they love it. So
1: what an so, adventure.
0: Yeah, and it feels, I don't know, the last few years of my life has felt a bit like a, a bit of a mess, but it's kind of it's kind of coming into focus a bit now because my wife is uh, big on farming the land and in a way that gives back to the land and leaving the land in a better condition than how you found it. Um,
1: That's exactly how I feel. Good for her.
0: Yeah, so she's big on that, and I, I love that too. So and um, and so we're gonna give it a go. And um,
1: that's so and, exciting. And the yeah. the kids will always have this adventure. This is cool.
0: Yeah, but well, but well well, well, well at least always have crazy parents in there in their, <laughs> in their in their memories okay?
1: Way yeah. better than. having <laughs> way better
0: <laughs> yeah so um so yeah my biggest my biggest difficulties at the moment as an artist is like we're kind of first of all we're kind of up uprooted and and second is just having kids around um but you know they're kind of what's inspired this whole creative turn anyway so um
1: that's so, exciting.
0: So, yeah.
1: are your kids? Are your Do your kids love art too?
0: Yeah, they do. Yeah, and my my youngest one, like she's, <laughs> she, I almost felt like tweeting about it this morning. Like she got up and, um, like she likes to drink soy milk, and so um, first thing she did when she got up, she goes, "I want a soy milk and I want my draw- drawing stuff out." And you go, "Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll I grab my that. coffee and I'll grab my coffee and I'll join you.
1: <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah, <laughs> stories. I love hearing people's stories. It's one of my favorite things. So thank you for telling me that story.
0: Yeah, that's okay. That background with the film school and things like that was telling stories and writing um, writing scripts and for films and stuff like that. So I suppose that's where. I kind of branched into the idea of kids' books because it's kind of like... Um,
1: and you didn't kind of... want to make films?
0: Fil- films are really um, difficult. They're, they're a lot easier these days because um, because everyone has a... Four, well, most people have a 4K camera on their phone,
1: uh-huh. um,
0: you know, massive high resolution <laughs> right in the palm of her hand. And, and um, so it is a lot easier to get films out there. But when I was doing film school, we were making films. It was kind of just going across onto digital, but we were still making some films on actual film. And roles of film are incredibly expensive. Um, oh, my gosh, yes. and And um And then films require, you know, an art department, the makeup, the, the director, the script, the, and all these people, like, in a small crew is going to be 15 or 20 people. That's a small crew. And if you've got to pay these people uh-huh. a wage, like, if you want to do it professionally, you've got to pay them a wage. You've got to pay their insurance. You've got to do these things. And it's just, um, like, I love the p- process. I love the collaboration, the collaboration is really exciting part of filmmaking when everybody's really into the project. But, um, but it's kind of inaccessible in a way that um, financially, or it was, but I have a feeling that that's changed pretty dramatically over the past five years or so. And Probably. everything's, everything's become a lot more accessible. I mean, especially like me like so if i was decided i wanted to be an artist now um i'll have a pretty hard time getting into art galleries and stuff like that but mm-hmm. with but with nfts you can just go here you go here's my work <laughs> you can right. decide whether, you can decide whether you like it or not and whatever
1: right i agree yeah so,
0: yeah it gives you that platform I mean, all these platforms are appearing that artists never had before. Um,
1: I was just listening to, sometimes I I tune into some of those Twitter chats and I was listening to some folks yesterday talking about um, Foundation, the Foundation I O, whatever it is, for artists. And used to, you had to have an invitation to get into Foundation. And so it was usually artists inviting other artists. But on this chat that they were, that I was, that I tuned into, they were talking about foundation. You don't have to have um, invitations anymore. So the, all the NFT marketplaces, in my opinion, or in my mind, they're changing a little bit to go with the people, the public. Don't you think?
0: Yeah. I mean, but and also the fact that, um, I mean, because I, they're going to have to in a way if they're going to make it more commonplace. Um, mm-hmm but listening to the people as well, because one of the big things um, why I like voice is that they're claiming to be and they're doing things towards being uh, a carbon neutral blockchain, which is right. a massive thing for me. Um, Thank
1: you.
0: And and also they've made it accessible, I think, because you can, as you say, were saying before, you can, sign up of a credit card you don't need a crypto wallet um to begin anyway um and you can just kind of jump straight in
1: yeah that's one of the things i like about it and then so on the other hand i i my friend um um who's a therapist he was telling me that a lot of people I already have a, a wallet with Ethereum in it, so they're too lazy to change. And I'm like, how hard is it to use your credit card? <laughs> I don't understand that at all. And then I also heard um, another artist who uses um, OpenSea. We chatted for a little bit, and he was telling, I said, I'm, I really like Voice HQ because it's carbon neutral. And um, he said, oh, the planet will heal itself. So he was very indifferent to that.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. Maybe once all the people have died it will heal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: We were doing a thing oh, I forget what month it was with our planting a tree for every NFT that we're not. So, you know, they're doing they're You doing, are
1: you're planting a tree for NF, every NFT, so? No,
0: no, not 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 me, but um I should as soon as we That's get our land. That's a great idea. Hopefully. <laughs> as soon as we get our land we should. But um but that's voice, a really were, great idea uh, but voice we're actually doing it voice hq were doing it for one month. Oh, they
1: are i didn't even and, know that about them that's all even yeah. more awesome
0: yeah so they're doing cool things like that um yeah so so with your art i'm interested um how and and also branching into nfts how that's how that's changed your art in some ways, because I've noticed you're getting into some digital stuff as well. Um, How are you, how are you finding that? And has NFTs made you kind of go into that world?
1: Um, No, I've always been kind of interested in digital art. And then I had um, a young man message me not too long ago. He was a former student many, 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 many years ago. And he um, studied psychology and he He got out into the world as a psychologist, and, but he kept playing with this program called Blender. Um, he kept dabbling with art, even though he was doing computer-generated art. And he texted me one day and said, Hey, Don, I've decided I'm going to get out of psychology. I want to be an art teacher like you. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's like the biggest compliment anyone could give me. <laughs> he said that he had been teaching some young kids after he... Like one of those, um, like YMCA kind of places, kids, latchkey kids that had to go there after school. And he was showing them um, how to use computer generated things. And he told me about Blender and I thought it sounded really cool. And so I started dabbling with that and with IBIS-X because some of my other teenage students use that when they're in full anxiety mode so I asked them to show me how to use it and um, you know I just started playing around with it I'm not very good (laughs) obviously because I'm just learning how to use all these things and personally I'd still rather paint or sculpt with my hands than do digital stuff so
0: traditional stuff that's one thing I kind of hadn't really thought about is um, turning because because I think a lot of perhaps traditional artists don't think about Turning their work into NFTs, but the fact that you can photograph your work and put that up, and that is actually can be a separate piece of art in itself. Um, how do you do? You, do you just do any kind of particular setup in terms of uh, photographing your art for that?
1: No, I just think that. Um... No, I just go outside and take a photo with my phone usually it's,
0: because it's outside so light is the
1: best light. Outdoor yeah, light is. is the very best light. And, so, and in college, I studied photography for three years, so I have a little bit of a um, hint as to what I should or shouldn't do. And then I just keep snapping pictures with my phone until I get one that I like. And then I can, you know, um, edit it and use some of the features on my phone to make it you know the shadows darker or something like that if I don't like the way the photos turned out um you can edit things on your phone just like you could in the dark room basically
0: ever been tempted to kind of like take your original artwork and, comp- and manipulate it into something else
1: I have I have a mask um that I was playing around with not too long ago it was a ceramic mask that I had made years ago and it's just half a face and so i I took a photograph of that and just started playing around with some of the computer programs that I have in there on Bit voice HQ, just to kind of have fun. Sometimes, um, at the end of the day, I'm just too tired to come into the studio. And so I can lay in bed and do things on my phone, but I, you know, without having to, cause I'm wide awake, but I'm too tired to get up and come out here to work. So.
0: Yeah. I've found that's a good way to, for me to, experiment a bit with Mm -hmm. things um because like so i have a piece of artwork i was i was doing something where i'd produce the actual piece of artwork that i was going to use but then um with all the editing tools that we now have um you know available to us on phones and things like that is that i would take all the elements and kind of mash them together to make completely different pieces of art and and it gave me like um an excuse or or a purpose to kind of really experiment with what the limits are and things that you can do um to to create a different piece of art and that's something that i would have never done uh outside of the nft world like that's just kind of just kind of thinking what else can i do with this because you know right. how you know how like the traditional thing is with the apes and stuff like that.
1: Right. You get an you
0: get an ape and you change its hat a million times and you change its right. shirt and all this kind of stuff. And it got me in that mindset of going, what what can this one piece of artwork produce in terms of other pieces of artwork? And yeah. so, got, so I'm kind of like you'll notice some of the um, I was doing a series of bats for a while, hypno bats, and I'm using all these different elements and just kind of d- dragging them in and creating other things out of that. And
1: Yeah, it's I- fun experimenting with all those different – I have, like, three or four different um, phone apps on my phone that I can play around with and um, just kind of mess around with some of the images that I've painted or taken. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah.
0: yeah. What What ones do you use?
1: I'm <laughs> um, not very them secret? Um, skilled at Blender yet. So yeah. I'm trying to learn Blender. There's hmm. a gazillion things that you can do on Blender and like Jordan told me, you might only use ten percent of them. So yeah. I'm still um playing around with Blender, but that's something I have to use my laptop. I can't use my phone and I have a tendency to be kind of lazy. I think all artists have that tendency at some point, but um so I use Ibis X um i have a photo imaging thing i have this app i don't know what it's called dreambo or something and you put type in a word like if i typed in um octopus and then there's like a dozen different um, features. You can have it like a Salvador Dali kind of look. I can type in octopus, and then I press the Dali thing. And then it generates this picture of an octopus in a Dali kind of um, universe. It's an right. interesting app. And I've seen several people on Voice HQ that are using that app. And I recognize the different features, so I know that that's what they're using. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that that's interesting. How um, you can kind of create art out of. Uh, so that, so that's an AI program.
1: Yeah, that's an AI program.
0: Yeah, because I haven't done anything with AI, and I find it. I'll quite send you that link. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, I find it quite interesting that you can put in like a sentence or something like that, and, right? And you know, a, a line. From a film or something like that and mm-hmm. and and just see what it creates I have this nagging thing in the back of my head that going maybe i'm feeding the um robots of the future our information <laughs> <laughs> and the way That's they funny. think and they get and they're going to use it against <laughs> us but it's you know, funny <laughs> being, the, being the monkeys we are we're just kind of like just to tinker a little bit more and go, oh, that was too much <laughs> But um...
1: That was funny. Um, the AI is fun because, like I said, there's like a dozen. I think there's a dozen different ways. Like one is a Baroque, one is a Salvador Dali, one is psychedelic. So, so you can type the same word, and each time you push one of those buttons, then you get a different image. And then even in that image, you can hit the button that says regenerate. And so Even in like, if I choose Salvador Dali, then it will. Um, regenerate the first image that I got, so you yeah. can play on that for hours and hours, and have so much.
0: Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be dangerous for me. I might be. Uh, <laughs> I, might not get the pro- <laughs> I might not get the project. I might not get the project that was trying to get done done. And exactly, it's website. dangerous
1: for me too. Yeah,
0: where whereabouts are you kind of going to be focusing on the future?
1: Um, I have three or four different paintings that I'm really um, excited about. They've been in my head for a while. And so I'm, I've am i started, one of them is com- almost completely finished. The other one is halfway finished. And the other two have just gotten the background started. But they're going to be very intense. The, at least the last two are going to be very intense. And they have to do with, um, one of them is the female body with different medical symbols kind of floating around and over her um it's some of the doctors that i know and another one is um a doctor in her scrubs and she's holding a white rose and it's just um i want to get these paintings and get them out of my head so
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. that's cool i look forward to seeing them or will you be posting those on instagram or anything
1: of course but it's going to be a while <laughs> oil paints take so long to dry and I'll probably start working on them tomorrow so I can get them done in a couple of weeks
0: yeah stay stay in contact and uh, look forward to seeing I, what you up, up I to I have to tell
1: future. you thank you for doing this I'm, I didn't know it was going to be so easy to talk to you and I love your um, uncommon animals they're so cool oh thank you and that
0: just about wraps up today's episode thank you so much for listening and if you want to start talking I'd love you to leave me a voice message all you have to do is tap the link at the bottom of the podcast description and you'll be able to leave me a one minute message there it could be a question your thoughts, praise, outrage I don't care, I just want the attention and I'll play the message back on the show and I'll catch you tomorrow at the Fork in the Road we